You're listening to Not Another Origin Story, the comic book movie podcast. I'm your host, Pogues, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ben Chapman. What's up? What is up? I think I finally nailed a, a catchphrase. Do people say that? What's up? Did I, yeah, yeah, did, they do. Did I just Same as Budweiser that? commercial, he used to say it. What, they, said, they said, what is up? They said, what they said what's up, or what's up, but yeah, basically, what are you doing? Uh, I'll work on it. Uh, yeah. Anyway, welcome Maybe. back. Workshop it. You know that you're in for a good episode when one of the co-hosts just kind of goes, uh, for a few minutes? Yeah, yeah, you should have heard some sweet noises I was making before the podcast started, guys. It was like a real, like, Buddhist monk sort of throat noise. I don't know what happened. Can you just edit them like into like a really long, slow down track and play it behind everything that we're doing for this episode? I could. Not going to. Okay. But I could. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Well, uh, if you're tuning in looking for a uh, special mini-sode, uh, you're wrong. You're, you, you didn't listen. That's a different week. Well, technically, we didn't say that there was... Shut up. Okay, fair. You're also wrong. We're doing a pilot project episode, and I'm excited about it because this is the first time that we've had a guest on a pilot project episode. That is true. I concur. And that guest is my bud, Chris Doom. Oh, I see. Me and Chris aren't friends? Uh, that's correct. Hi, Chris. Okay. Oh, hi. <laughs> Rough you, way to find out, Chris. Thanks. You may, and don't, don't answer this question, but you may remember Chris from the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man episode, as well as, I think, one of the Fantastic Fours, the new one that sucked a lot. Is that it? Spider-Man 2. Didn't we do? Yes. Yeah, damn it. Oh, yeah, wait, I'm not Shit! I was so close, yeah. So two Spider-Mans and a Fantastic Four. Uh, I feel like it was on one more episode. Movies that I like. Doctor Strange. Oh, and, okay, so, to, to put it correctly... Spider-Man, Doctor Strange, Spider-Man 2, and uh, and the Fantastic Four, uh, the most recent one. And I said them in that order because that is the order that I like those movies. I think that's a pretty fair order. <laughs> oh, I think people like. Spider-Man I would. Too. I would actually. Yeah, I put. I personally would put Spider-Man yeah. 2 higher, but like. I don't feel the same way. I think all that matters is that Fantastic Four is at the end of that list. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> as long as that is is just getting stepped on by the heel of the other movie, we're okay with it. Um, Great so, film, guys. I'm really happy to be here for a pilot project episode because you guys were so wrong about so many things you said. Oh, here we go. Yeah, okay. Uh, all right. Now, do you mean that we were factually wrong in terms of canon? Like recounting the episode. I, that can't be true. I think we. Really I had seen see that it. episode like two years before that, and I'm like, that's wrong. That's wrong. I mean, there was. How, we, how do we recount something that we watched wrong? <laughs> If our opinion was wrong, I mean, there, there was a man. There were opinions up. that were also wrong, but more importantly, <laughs> there like were opinions. It wasn't as good as you thought it was. They were demonstrably wrong. We were very positive about that episode. Yeah, no, no, I know, we and did, I agree. We very I mean, much like, I love that show. It's uh, the first pilot project episode that we didn't shit on the show. Yeah, <laughs> it is true. Um, you were just like in terms of like events that happened. You were wrong about Flash, and you were wrong about Batman versus Superman. Wait, like, what? About Alan things has... that actually happened in those movies. Oh, about them being connected? No, 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 no. Like you just again, you just recounted uh, things inaccurately. I haven't seen Batman. Wait, what did I recount? And Batman, so Superman. I Flash shows up from the past or the future and tells him he has to save a woman. You said it was a guy. You didn't even commit to him being the Flash. 
You piece of oh, shit. Oh, shit. Uh, Sorry, guys. I guess I, I thought But then also, you said a woman, he actually very clearly states Lois is the key. No, he says it's, save her. He I went back and rewatched it her. after that. Just well, I, you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll accept I'm wrong. And the fact that you just said you rewatched it, I'm glad me and you aren't actually friends, Kristen. Not the whole movie. <laughs> I rewatched that scene just to uh, make sure that I was the right. The fact you were able to quickly get this movie and rewatch it tells me you own this movie. Oh, no, that scene's just on YouTube. Although Chris Doom, um, Chris Doom did bring up a good point in a comment following that episode's uh, airing, is that we don't we haven't done a ton of recent stuff. Like, Dare, like the pilot project episodes and like Deadpool, I think, are like the only Doctor like Strange. and Doctor Strange are the only super recent stuff we've done. So are you we, can't tell us you want to do Logan. We, no, I, I, what I'm saying is we've never really had to deal with spoiler warnings that hard before. Oh, yeah, yeah. So that was a, that was a good wake up call. I like Chris wrote that. Yeah. And I was like, oh fuck yeah, right. <laughs> in in our well, defense, that, yeah, I did not know anyone liked the Flash TV show. <laughs> Come so on, I, it's, it's, we were yeah, I, I didn't know we were ruining it. What I'm going to say is the spoiler you dropped isn't about the pilot. You dropped a later spoiler that by accident it. when you were talking about trivia. I think I know what it was. Yeah, And it was not me. It was, I did not it was me. anything but that one episode. <laughs> I was referencing some of the characters on the IMDb page, and I called somebody out as a character, and I later realized that character could... That, that revelation is not very much <laughs> clear to yeah. anyone who hasn't watched, like, three seasons of this show. Anyway... Uh, go back and listen to the Flash episode. It's riddled with inaccuracies. But only after uh, you watch the <laughs> the first two seasons of the Flash, so we don't spoil it for you. Yeah. Or just like uh, just like press the ten second button on your podcast app every ten seconds. Like so just zip around and you'll be fine. Um, just like the Flash, fast. Yeah. So uh, getting getting on topic, we are doing a pilot. Oh, this isn't a this isn't where Chris Doom tells us we're we're stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I brought him on to, to tell me that. I mean, I just watched this episode this afternoon, but I anticipate he will correct me in real time, which is like a dream of his. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I just it, wanted the picture that he's like, no, no, we're not doing the show you guys think we are. I'd like to start. Minute one, host yeah. introduces you, but says Ben Chapman. <laughs> I believe that was an Wow, went deep on this. Can I've we gotta... get Chris doing like a buzzer button where he can just like yeah. press it whenever we say something inaccurate? Yeah, Even... like, it's a, like it's a morning zoo show? Yeah, like I want him to be on episodes but not talk, just just until I make a mistake and then buzz me in and then correct me. That sounds like he's editing a Wikipedia page in real time. Yeah. I think that'd be pretty cool. Um, if you haven't Impressive. listened to a pilot project episode before, it's very simple. It's shorter than a regular episode, and we review a episode of one of the many, many syndicated television shows, and as well as uh, streaming service shows uh, based on comic properties. There are a lot. Marvel is dominating Netflix with uh, multiple shows. The yeah, forthcoming. They've got- uh, Three so far, yeah. Yeah, the, the forthcoming Iron Fist. Um, uh, uh, DC's uh, rocking it on the CW, pretty much exclusively. The CW, they were on C- Supergirl was on CBS, but now oh, it's right. on CW. Yep, yep. They, it transferred over, um, and then NBC has the new series Powerless. Yeah, which is getting which is not based off of a comic properties, but it's based in the comic universe. Like they have like Starro the Conqueror in like the trailer. Oh really? Oh, that show's not on the CW. I figured it had to be. No, yeah, that's NBC. It's got Selena Gomez in it, is that right? I is that who that is? don't think no, so. No, that is 100% not Selena Gomez. I think it's, it's Vanessa Hudgens. Vanessa Hudgens, I mixed up, yeah, Disney star, yeah, whatever. Um, uh, yeah, 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 
let's get Vanessa Hodgins. It's got uh, a bunch of characters I like. We talked about it on a mini-sode. Uh, its reviews have not been great, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, because we are not talking about that show. We... Oh, fuck. I watched the wrong show, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Episode over. We are talking about the FX show Legion, which if you watched the Super Bowl, you saw commercials for, and you probably knew less about it after watching those commercials because they were not super helpful. They yeah. were actually made me not want to watch the show. <laughs> like, before the Super Bowl, I was like, I might watch that show. Then I watched those trailers, and I was like, I do not want to watch this show. Like, the first trailer for it like i was like i'm so excited about this yeah and then like everything like in like the like month leading up to the show's debut premiere um made me be like maybe i don't want to watch this yeah which yeah it was so weird like i don't know maybe those ads tested well with non-comic fans maybe they're like we already have this group now let's bring in people who have no idea what the fuck this is going to be. Yeah, that's possible. Uh, it's it's super it's super strange because yeah, I, I remember the first trailer like you're referring to had a really good pacing. It kept cutting to like that interview with that one detective kind mm-hmm. of character, whether just being like, wait, go back again, and like, yeah. and, like it's kind of playing with like the time, like jumping around and like the inconsistency of the narrative. And I'm like, ooh, this looks like fun. Mm-hmm. And then after that, it was like rock music and a baby floats, and I was like, what's happening? Yeah. What's this now? Um, but if you're unfamiliar with Legion, I highly and recommend... You are probably me. ...looking into oh. it, <laughs> because uh, it has already begun to air. Uh, I think there's two to three I episodes out. the second episode, the, maybe, yeah, last week. Second episode is out. I think week. third's tomorrow, right? Yeah, I think Yeah, the first episode is available uh, now uh, on Hulu. So so it's the second episode. Oh, great. The first two episodes are available on Hulu if you've got the service, which I do. Which um, I do not because I'm poor. Uh, ben did give me his username and password, though, so I'll share that with you guys at the end of the episode if you would like to watch it. <laughs> yeah, just get, get those out there. Nobody changed my password. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's available, so I highly recommend going to watch it now um, or after you listen to this episode. Uh, I you can also, that part, I, guess, I think, but... watch it on FX, too, their website. And Xbox had some... Xbox episodes. had episode one for free. Yes, so there's plenty of places to check it out. If you're unfamiliar with the property, uh, a quick lead-in before we begin to talk about it. Um, Legion is the name, uh, is the is the handle, the uh, mutant handle for a character from uh, Marvel history. Who the nom de plume. The nom de plume, who was, um, who was uh, written to be uh, Professor Xavier's son, who had a... Uh, Wait, a, hold on. Chris, you're supposed to buzz in there. He's, he's, he says Xavier, not Xavier. Oh, good point. Yeah. He always <laughs> says it like a real person instead of a stupid nerd. <laughs> Continue. Um, uh, he has a uh, multiple personalities disorder, and to some effect, although the rules list sound fuzzy depending on who wrote it, um, each of those personalities tends to have some kind of psychic power or are somehow tangentially linked to the fact that he has multiple powers. There's a couple ways that it's been written, but either way is that he's sort of like this um, uh, uncontrolled, uh, 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 kind of mentally unhinged character uh, who appeared in a very specific style in the comics visually. He had a uh, Marge Simpson tall haircut. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, insane. it was like, kind of like a mohawk, but not quite. Um, <laughs> it, it was interesting. Uh, and yeah, like power-wise, he's a lot like Scarlet Witch, like you were saying, that like, his powers aren't really defined. It's just like, what does the writer want him to do? Okay, he's got a power that does that. 
Yeah, to recap um, from online, just just pulling a few out of what they've recorded through as many iterations, he has pyrokinesis, he has telekinesis, he has telepathy, reality manipulation, a lot like Scarlet Witch, he's got self-duplication, uh, pain induction, soul absorption, space manipulation, omni-science, power negation, x-ray well, wait, vision. Wait, what? Omni-science? Lycanthropy? Literally werewolf, potentially. Um, and what's incredibly interesting about this show is that it's not necessarily as aggressively tethered to the lore. In fact, it's almost untethered from the lore yeah. of the Marvel Universe. So any of those, plus any other ones, are very much possible as potential X-Men powers um, or mutant powers that he could uh, have in the show. Now, the show doesn't actually call out Professor Xavier at any point. As I don't think they're going to reference I don't think they are. any other sort of like X-Men or anything like that. Clearly, he didn't even know that mutants were a thing. Otherwise, he might not be questioning his own sanity. Right. Um, so this is a world where mutants are, like, obviously just, like, kind of a secret still. Yeah, either way, in both cases, he's considered to be an Omega-level, like, super dangerous mutant. Especially because not only is he this powerful, but he doesn't seem to he, he even himself have a good control mm -hmm. over it. And he may not know who you're talking to or if he's understanding you uh, in the same plane of reality because of how intense he is. And this show grabs especially those themes and wraps them into a show, which is written by, and if this already hasn't encouraged you to go watch it, Noah Hawley, who I adore. Uh, he's responsible for Fargo television show, which is one of my favorite television shows. Um, and it's fucking creepy, it's weird, and it, like this show, does a lot that does not um, feel repetitive. <laughs> he does not do stuff that we're like, oh, this old trope. <laughs> You're mostly like, what the fuck's happening? Yeah. <laughs> Which is the kind of way I like, like to watch my TV. So, uh, I have talked too much. So, uh, Chris, tell us what you thought about Legion. <laughs> um, so, I guess I'm just, like, moving forward in the series. And, I, you know, I guess I shouldn't really talk about, like, that, I guess, leading into it. But I am, you know, I'm curious because they do kind of establish him, establish him as an uh, unreliable narrator. Or narrator. Yeah. But then at the same time, they suggest that there never really was any symptoms of mental illness until he was checked into a mental hospital because they couldn't explain his powers. Right. And, like, so is he actually schizophrenic in this? Like, the way he actually is in the comics? Um, or is that just the conditioning of kind of, like, the mental health, uh, you know, system that he's kind of unfortunately fallen into? Um, what's, what's super strange is, again, I know it's hard to reference the comic book in this scenario because that's not what this is totally based on, but the origin of him, his psychotic break, is, is the, death, the death of his father, like in many comic books, happening very much in front of him. In fact, um, my favorite source for detail on stuff, Comic Vine, which is wildly detailed, states specifically that uh, his mother and his stepfather, obviously stepfather because Professor X Xavier, is that right? Xavier. It's just Xavier, except you say the letter X in front of it. His mother and his stepfather moved to Paris. This is the exact way it's phrased here. Their home was invaded by anti-Semitic assassination team who killed his stepfather in front of his very eyes. Mm -hmm. I didn't know we had those. <laughs> I, I don't know what time place is taking place. Well, in, Europe's not a great his, place to live. He grew up in too. Israel. Okay. Um, his really mother... Uh, that's actually where his mother and Professor Xavier met was when he was traveling the world and they met in Israel when she was kind of doing like Peace Corps type work out there. And so he grew up in Israel. Um, so I would awesome. assume it makes sense that his uh, his stepfather is, you know, 
Jewish. Yeah, Jewish. Um, now, is his, um, is his mother a mutant, or no? She was just an ordinary No, person. she's a human. Okay. Almost sapien. Uh, so, this show definitely peels out a bunch of those elements. One big thing that I noticed it took from just the X-Men world at large, um, it's got like a shadow of the X-Men in it. I mean, obviously the end, which mm-hmm. we'll get to in a minute, is a big reference to X-Men because it's sort of this team-based battling of, of like, uh, shambling, like, in you know, uh, uh, faceless villains, yeah. which is very, very X-Men. But also the fact that uh, original X-Men started in the 70s, was written mm-hmm. in the, the mid to late 70s, so, um, or at least came to prominence in the 70s. So a lot of the outfits and a lot of the aesthetic was obviously yeah did you the time this i mean that was i yeah, actually i thought that was really interesting in this show because technology clearly was futuristic right but uh, the fashion but it was only like certain people it was weird like most of the people were dressed like it's current like modern day they're mix, just yeah. random people are dressed like it's 1963 his sister looks like she's from at most 1967 the way her hair is, her dress, she looks like she should be in Man in the High Castle, not in this show. It's it's weird, but then like everyone around her is dressed contemporary, except yeah. like these brown suits aren't real contemporary. So maybe I could not tell if it was supposed to take place in the past. I mean, it must have. There was telephone booths. That's not a thing that exists anymore. Yeah, there's telephone booths. Yeah, there's like super like sci-fi like iPads and like uh, yeah. and technology that's available. You know, it's it's almost like Batman in the animated series where it's like. It doesn't really exist in any time period. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and uh, the music is also super sixties, uh, seventies music. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was a really prominent Rolling Stones song that came in uh, during his sort of like his uh, the, the the montage of his relationship with Sydney, and plus her name is fucking Sid Barrett. Yeah, in, I was yeah as in Pink Floyd. Yeah, <laughs> so. Uh, I think the creator, Noah Hawley, said that he wrote this inspired by Dark Side of the Moon, and he wrote it so, like, he said he wrote the story to the tempo of Dark Side of the Moon, whatever the uh, I can tell you, I do not like that at all, because I cannot <laughs> stand Pink Floyd. <laughs> uh, but I, actually, just as a quick side note, um, not to get too detracted, but I, I looked up a song, because I'm like, I, I don't recognize this song, I know it, I think it's Rolling Stones. Uh, the song that plays during their, their relationship in the uh, mental hospital is uh, is called She's a Rainbow, and it's off their album uh, Their, Sat- Their Satanic Majesty's Request, which is a great name. Hmm. Uh, and if you look at it, you would easily mistake the uh, album art for looking like the Beatles album, uh, the Sgt. Pepper album, because it's got the same like exact uh, iconography, and it's got the, they're all in like different color like suits that resemble the same colors as the Beatles. And that song sounds like a Beatles song. So everyone kind of made fun of the album when it came out as like that was like the Rolling Stones having an identity crisis, which I'm probably reading too much at this point. But it felt like a really cool one to use in the kind of show like this, this yeah. sort of like out of place song for a band that doesn't quite sound like themselves. I, anyway, I thought that was cool. But um, to sort of frame the episode for those of you that are somehow dumb enough to not watch it but also listen to this episode. Uh, the episode opens us with... Let's, let's not be mean to the few people who actually listen to this podcast. Why, If they want to not watch the TV show and listen to the podcast, please do. So the the short, like, two-sentence arc of this episode is we get sort of the, the quick montage of uh, of of David. Yeah, David growing up. Mm-hmm. Uh, you kind of get that, that indication that something starts going wrong in his teenage years, which yeah. is the right time for an X-Men to get his powers. Uh, and then we sort of... Um, the general storyline follows the arc of him 
meeting Sidney Barrett, um, this sort of love interest slash friend of his, uh, in a mental hospital, and then getting captured and then getting free. Of course, it does not happen in that very concise narrative order. Right. It is all over the place. We see him getting interviewed about being interviewed by a different psychiatrist at one point, and I thought that was pretty fucking clever. <laughs> yeah, the show is definitely, like, really well done in the sense that, like Chris said, he's an unreliable narrator, but the whole thing is, like, told from his point of view so it's all over the place it's not in any real chronological order it's very confusing he'll be in the middle of describing something and then the scene will just end and he'll just stop talking about it and they'll ask him another question and he'll just move on and so it's like you, you're missing all these little bits it's a i guess it was it was a pretty cool well done show i just i don't think i'm smart enough maybe <laughs> i don't think it's that way i mean what it reminds me of is like twin peaks which is a show um, I'm sure Noah Hawley would cite as an inspiration of some kind, which is the show, if you ever watch Twin Peaks, doesn't necessarily make a ton of sense in every moment. But a lot of times when they show you something very bizarre that you don't understand, later on, even like an episode later, they'll kind of explain it. And then you'll go, oh shit. And you kind of piece it together. Mm-hmm. And you kind of go into it knowing that you will never quite fully grasp it until the- you're watching it a second time even. I, I will say that I thought the ending was something that they do in these kind of TV shows, which is like sort of like the first episode of Lost. Like I felt like the last like thirty seconds of the show was basically setting up to be like, all right, go ahead and just start trying to guess what you think's happening because we're clearly telling like it's it was so like the way it was framed. I was like, oh, nothing that's being said is is truthful. Like I I think there'd be and I I don't know I'm gonna say there's there could be spoilers in this episode. But I assume at the end, it almost felt like they were like, he's batshit insane, and all these people are just him, and he doesn't know it yet. That could actually very yeah, much be But that could also not possible, yeah. the plot at all, because it's real up in the air. <laughs> There's so little, like, explain yeah. that I'm like, yeah, all those people could be real, or this could be his psychotic break, and he's creating... Because I could not figure out what the deal was with the fat guy, the green fat guy. Oh, like, so the depression guy? The man with the yellow eyes? Are you, wait, are, you t- are you talking about the guy who's, like, hiding in the bushes all the time? Yeah. Or the guy oh. who was, like, appearing... Okay, so, the... The, like, oh, the, the devil with the yellow eyes? Yeah, yeah, the devil with yeah. the yellow eyes. Okay, so first off, no, as soon as they mentioned devil with the yellow eyes before he even appeared, it's obvious who that character is. That's the Shadow King. Shadow King? Yeah. Like, oh. Educate me on that one. I'm, I'm um, a- he's one of Professor Xavier's, like, most powerful psychic adversaries. Oh, interesting. He um, is a also a major character in Storm's history. Yeah, I did not even think about that, man. So, yeah, he's he, and also like the way he looks like when he appears like as that like fat guy like that's what his human form looks like. So like I'm pointing uh, Ben at some some illustration. Yeah, of him he, before he unfortunately was then oh. ripped from his physical body and then tethered to the astral plane as just like his psychic self. Oh, I hate when that happens. Fuck yeah, that. that's why you got to remember where you're you parked your body. Yeah. So this whole thing, though, in the comics is, I mean, you know, one of his main things is he's always trying to find a host body so that he can come back to the physical plane. And I think David might be, you know, someone that he's, you know, chosen for his... And do you think he wants him to kill himself so he can take over his body? Because he always used to be around him when he's, like, having, like, a depressive episodic break. Yeah, and I don't know where that's going to go. Like, that's, that literally, the Shadow King is, like, the only connection I really caught to, like, the actual comics. 
Everything else, I'm like, I don't know these characters. They could be characters. I don't follow X-Men closely enough. Right. I, I'm impressed you got that, man, because when I saw him, all he made me think of was Despair from The Endless, and I was like, wrong comic book universe. <laughs> no, that's really good. You guys have both brought up excellent points that I had not thought of. Oh, shit. I uh, thought that it was supposed to be like he had a another personality that was like, I want you to kill us. Like, I want you to kill us. Or, like, kill David so he could take over the body. I didn't realize that he might be... Which would then... Oh, yeah, that, that makes it more confusing, actually. Because <laughs> he sees him at the end, so maybe this is just all, like, something he's projecting in his own mind, and that's why he's able to appear there. I did also not get the guy who was just hiding in the bushes in the clockwork. <laughs> yeah, that was, asylum. That was weird. <laughs> um, but I think what... What this and like what Twin Peaks and shows like this do is they don't. Nece- it's not necessarily that you don't, quote unquote don't get it, but the the, the director, the writer, has particularly on purpose written a, and created a show and episodes that are confusing by intent, so that you feel the same level of unease and confusion that you might get from uh, 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 from any of that. Because Twin Peaks is about you know arriving in this brand new place where it's very strange and odd, and they want you to feel that way, so they write characters and scenes that don't feel like they're tethered in reality, so you feel uneasy as you're watching it. Which is sort of what this show does, but in the way, instead of trying to make you feel like, oh, I'm new in town, it's, oh, I have fucking multiple personalities, yeah. and I don't have a firm grasp on reality. Well, and my other thing is also, I mean, like, Everyone's assuming that these people that are essentially recruiting him yeah. are the X-Men equivalent of this series, but they could just as easily be a Brotherhood-type situation. That's very yeah. true. Yeah. Um, we don't know yet. We just know that they are all about mutant solidarity. Chris, Chris, would you real quick, though, just explain, in case people do not know what the Brotherhood is? So the Brotherhood, originally known as the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants, and I think Which... that, that name... <laughs> Says a lot more about them. Yeah, yeah you're really putting it on Front Street with that name. There's no way you can be like, no, 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 wait, no, we're good guys. It's like having Slytherin House. It's like having a whole house with just your evil kids in it. It's like a bad yeah. call. Um, but so it's basically Magneto's answer to the X-Men, um, where he has gathered like-minded mutants to work towards the preservation of the mutant race, if you consider them a race. Um, but their belief is that by any means necessary, and not necessarily through coexistence with humans. So there you go. So that, that could be yeah. interesting that that may be what they are. Does that answer your question, Pokes? <laughs> well, I, I was just wanting him to say what it was, just in case some people... I mean, a lot of people don't read the X-Men, I don't think... Or, let's face it, too, it got real confusing for a while. Um, speaking of oh, yeah. uh, weird things with the X-Men... Do they never said who the old man was who was running the like? Because basically, like I said, this this will be spoilers. So if you didn't watch the episode, I mean, this is going to sound crazy. If you didn't watch it, it's going to be confusing anyways. And if you did watch it, you'll see why it's so confusing. Because we're trying to talk about a show that has no order. But he gets he's in Clockwork Mental Institution. Something happens which they keep hinting at during the show, and they're slowly explaining it. At which point he has been taken to who he believes are the police who are interviewing him. And then it turns out they're not the police. They're some sort of, like, agency. Yeah. But who that agency is. They never say who the old man is, right? Yeah, uh, no. They, he's, he's got, like, a scary dog. That's about the only well, thing. I is that like what that dog was? Is what the fuck was that? Yeah, it's like, it was like a dog, but, like, I feel like it's attached to the other guy who's, like, in the interview who room. Who the dog? Dog, yeah. Urine. I feel, I feel like he is a mutant working with them. To I, I assume the whole time he was a yeah. mutant. And one of his mutant powers was a sweet perm. 
Yeah. Which also, his hair, I was like, maybe this is the 70s. Yeah. And I mean, I, I really feel like that's that they don't really want this to like be definitively set at any time. I think it's not really the point of it. I think they're just kind of like drawing their stylistic influences from wherever they can get them. Yeah, it definitely, uh, there was definitely some weird stylistic choices. Uh, one of the ones, I mean, the show is, like I said, it's all over the place. As we said, it's, it's sort of an insane person telling you events. So you're seeing things partially from his, insane vi- you know where he's like here's the vision i'm having which i know is probably not really happening but then you have to be like oh it might be happening and he just doesn't realize he's a mutant he's like, yeah might just be like he the voices he's hearing are because he's telepathic but he doesn't realize that he thinks he's just hearing voices like a crazy person mm-hmm. so you start wondering anytime he tells something to be like oh is this him being off his meds or is this him literally like his powers coming into effect or whatever. Yeah, and honestly, I even, like, worried, like, when he was seeing uh, Audrey Plaza's character, I guess, should we jump ahead to what happens to her? Yeah, yeah, um, I was not 100%. I, that whole part is what confused the fuck out of me. That's where I lost the show entirely. Look, is it's really, they kissed. It's really easy. They kissed, uh, which transferred his, his consciousness into her body and, and her versa. consciousness yeah. into his body. He has this severe personality disorder that he's been de- dealing with, and mutant powers he's been dealing with his whole life, which he has some level of comfort with. Uh, she does not, so she loses complete control, which causes her power, his powers to go absolutely uh, nutso and do one of the creepiest things in the world, which is when they come in and discover that everyone's trapped in rooms with no doors, mm-hmm. and one of the characters, Abu Plaza, uh, is, is, uh, is somehow uh, half-teleported through a wall. Um, her character's, uh, what is it, Lenny, Lenny Busker is the weirdest name. It doesn't yeah. sound like a female name. Um, and 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 she she reappears later in the episode as what kind of feels like a figment, but also feels like maybe she was never a real person to begin with. And see, here's what, this is what confused me. All right. They, David kisses Sid. Mm-hmm. And Sid has some mutant power, which she cannot touch people. What her mutant power does, I'm not 100% sure. They switch consciousness. They they like. But then, how does he get his body back? And that's I mean that's that was where like, I like that's, yeah, that's not how too. generally conscious switching powers work. But it's again, we're talking about borderline magic here, so it's like one of those things. I've just accepted that that's just yeah. how her power works. And she turned back into him, and then he turned back. I mean, she turned back into herself inside the mental hospital, and then he turned back into it, himself. It did feel oddly pointless, though. Yeah. Because it wasn't like he had an experience as a woman or as that character or with her power or anything. He just sort of was like a like a different character for like five minutes, maybe. Also, like, I mean, she really freaked out. And like yeah. at first I was like, oh no, she's just worried that she's going to be trapped in the mental hospital forever because she knows yeah. David is never getting out of that place. But the, what, what seemed like it was happening was that she saw the inside of his head. And it was terrifying. See, I couldn't understand if it was like they had some sort of like um, shape shifting. Because I mean, I, I didn't, I don't know, I don't know much about Legion. I never read any of the comics he was in. I know he has more than one mutant power. So I was like, oh, is it supposed to be like maybe she has like a rogue esque power where she takes any mutant she touches power and he do all this stuff. So 
I didn't know if it was like they shapeshifted into each other and didn't realize it because like he she also absorbed his schizophrenia or whatever and so they both left and then when they kind of realized what happened and her power wore off she went back to being herself and he went back to being I I could not figure out what the hell that part confused me so much which is why I think at the end I'm like I don't think any of these people are real mm-hmm. I, yeah, I, I I think I think they're trying to talk to the woman that is his the woman personality inside of him and I think I that's what they were trying to do it's hard to tell what's going on. I do like that in most scenes, I couldn't tell if somebody in the background, like that the guy that was carving stuff, I'm like, is he in this? Is, yeah. is he there? Or is he a fake man? I love that. And I'm excited to do that for many episodes, mm-hmm. wonder who or what in the scene is real and what's not. Um, I, yeah, I did get the vibe that Aubrey Plaza, Lenny, Lenny's character, wasn't real. Because I don't... I guess she kind of gets addressed once or twice. She does. She gets addressed uh, the, by the psychiatrist. The psychiatrist, yeah, the psychiatrist tells psychiatrist. her to take off the headphones. Yeah. Like while they're in session, and there's like there's a few other. But she plays this like puck kind of character, mm-hmm. like from uh, *Mits and Rights Dream*, where she's like not necessarily tethered to the plot, but present and commenting on it, and just sort of like drifting through it without reaction, like as if she's like not like doesn't have sympathy or empathy for the characters she's just sort of like making comments and like and being really sort of like conniving and like and mischievous but not actually like doing anything wrong uh yeah ben will, really ben will disagree with me here but i felt like she was mailing in her performance like i i like aubrey plaza as an actress i think she's a good actress i just felt like she was just like eh. i don't know if she was just trying to play like disaffect like somebody who's unable to like empathize and that to me it just felt like she was just like man I, I, I don't know. She wasn't maybe just that's the just my type, I but I was into it. Uh, <laughs> the best I got that maybe that somebody might see... too much, Chris. <laughs> if anything, I, I just might feel that he... Or that she is... I could see people saying that she was, like, laying it on thick, actually. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily True. expect people to suggest that she was... Um, underdoing it. <laughs> if anything. Well, I, I guess I guess if she's leaning on thick, she's leaning on so thick that to me it seemed like she was just disinterested in the role. But I guess it could be because she was trying to be like, I'm going to be so removed from everything that I'm just going to appear to be in my own TV show that is not this one. I don't know. I just was kind of disappointed in her character. Yeah. Also, there's a fairly good chance now that I think about it that uh, Aubrey Plaza is indeed in his head, and so is the blonde-haired girl because the doctor like the group therapy session the doctor lets two patients talk about going out together and one of them just gets up and leaves it's not really how group therapy works in a mental institution yeah you're right it does it does feel more like they're having a conversation with he's having a conversation with one person but there's a conversation going on in david's head no very feasible um it seems like a hard thing to maintain for a whole season i I imagine they're eventually gonna have to break and be like all right this is his, I don't know, because, yeah, like, I mean, I think the only way the show works is if everything is constantly, like, I don't know if this dude's crazy or not. Because once it, like, sort of works itself out, I, I don't know where the plot goes. And I don't see how it can be an ongoing series, really. Like, I'm hoping, in a way, the writers are like, oh, no, it's two seasons and that's it, or three seasons. We've already got it planned out. Because, I, I don't know, I just, it seems like a show that'll become less good the longer it's on. Just I because. I 100% hope that's the case. Um. I, I would love to just have that they... I would hope that they have a story that they want to tell, and they tell it, and then they just walk away. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I adore that. Breaking Bad notoriously went on for, like, what, four 
seasons? Five? Yeah, it was like six. It was like six. Or it was seven. a lot, but either way, when it when it concluded, six. it had one main. The main protagonist had an arc that ended. And yeah, yeah. Thank and you. that that show actually went on for like at least a season longer than the writers wanted. But AMC was like, you have to do this. Like a, like. X number of seasons, Not and they were like, yeah. "Oh, and that's why there's like a bunch." Like the guy who wrote it, even tell you, he's like, "There's tons of filler episodes." Like, you, like the episode where it takes place from the viewpoint of a fly. He was just like, "We were just trying to fill an episode because we were just trying <laughs> to get." He was like, "We just had nothing." He was like, "I had to produce so many episodes a season," and he said, "We were really running out of story." So, um, I'm so- hoping that this does have a, a finite, and then you know, if it works out, they can do another bizarre mutant that they have the rights to. One thing I wanted to hear your opinion on is um, I've watched a lot of these superhero television shows. I've watched a lot of television shows. Um, I know you've seen a lot more of these superhero television shows. None of them have been shot like this. Shot like a movie. Like shot like uh, with like really clever transitions yeah. and like scene scene comp- composition. Yeah, I think so much of that is again it just comes down to FX is a fantastic network in terms of what they allow their showrunners to do. Creative control is notoriously well within the hands of the yeah, people who make the like, show. Yeah, and the trap is and you know, it's like they don't pay their showrunners as well as like other networks do, but they let them do whatever they yeah. want to do. Uh, a couple of scenes that struck me really well is that very early fading out of the montage when it's uh, he's got like an extension cord that he's using like mm-hmm. a noose to hang himself. Which they reference later on, and then it kind of turns into like him being handed a little sparkler in a birthday cupcake in the mental hospital, and then that room itself was just all signs of the word hello in different languages, and it was fucking weird. <laughs> yeah, like like a lot of the things going on in that mental institution, I was like, whoever built this did not want people to get well. Like the weird <laughs> yeah. circular room where they gave you the drugs with like the weird, I, I like every part about that place is like nobody's gonna get less insane in this building. <laughs> like it's very creepy. Yeah, but there was also just like how much, like what is the budget of that facility? <laughs> you know, like just like that building is it's gorgeous, it's amazing. Like yeah, it, there's aren't there aren't usually architects uh, falling over themselves to design Art Deco. Mental institutions. Yeah, it's not a very common theme. They're usually old, abandoned hospitals that get converted. Um, with because so there's a couple of scenes that I, I watched it, so it's really fresh for me. But even I don't even if still even if I had watched it last week, I think there's some scenes that would have stuck with me. That one did. Um, I really like towards the end when he's in his sister's basement, where his oh god, uh, yeah. and he breaks that that amusing like spaceship lamp, which was um, awesome. I want that lamp. Yeah, she comes down the stairs, sees that he's broken a, a, a lamp across the room, and slowly starts removing the garden implements. Yeah, and she says, she, that her, she says that her husband has to get up early and go yeah. to the garden. Really clever. When she rushes upstairs, they go back to him, and he's just crouched over this like shattered glass, mm-hmm. and then Aubrey Plaza is in her... You almost don't see it, but there's a mirror leaning against the box, and her face is in it. Oh, wow, I didn't see sitting, that. He's sitting there, and she's like kind of reflected in the corner, and there's like glass over the ground. I don't know. It just like felt like a really good scene composition. Um, were there any scenes that like stood out to you, uh, or moments in this one that were like particularly super odd that it kind of stuck with you? Um, you know, honestly, no, because I kind of just accepted that I should just be comfortable with the fact that not all of this is gonna make sense. Yeah, totally. That like certain things I see aren't actually there. 
and I just kind of rolled with that when I watched this last night. Um, I'm kind of just waiting to see more of the series before I come back and then reevaluate what I actually think is real versus not. Uh, uh, Pokes, was there anything in the episode that uh, was particularly striking for you? Yeah, I mean, I thought the transitions between, like, most of the shots were... Like, most of the scenes are gorgeous. There's, like, a great one where they're interviewing him and he's asking him about what happened and uh, it, like, pans down there at this table and as it pans down, the table acts as, like, a scene cut and it, like, goes into his room at the mental institution and it like it just works so well like you said it's not the sort of cutting you expect in a tv show on cable or you know not on a a premium network like something you got to pay for i just thought overall the cuts were great and i mean there is one scene to me that sticks out which is the weird french music bollywood dance number just because i was like this is fascinating like who pitched this idea where they were just like all right it's going to go into a dance number, which is going to be straight up Bollywood, but it's going to be over a song in French. And it'll just be like, okay. And I was watching, I was just like, I cannot figure out what the fuck is happening right now. But I love the way it's shot. I love the weird choreography of these two doing one of the weirdest dances I've ever seen. That scene, plus the finale, uh, which we can end on, um, gave me this vibe that maybe wasn't necessarily intended, but someone had put this comedic YouTube video a while back um, called, like, Wes Anderson's X-Men, which yeah, is, like, a, it's like, it's like, yeah. it's like a goofy take on what if Wes Anderson directed an X-Men movie, and so, of course, it's very, like, it's very reminiscent of, um, uh, oh, god damn it, I forget his most famous one, with, like, The Family and Dudes with Suicide. Royal Tenenbaums. Well, Royal Tenenbaums. It has a very Royal Tenenbaums vibe, as if you're, like, remaking that into an X-Men trailer. I got that vibe because... It's basically a bunch of X-Men, but they're wearing turtlenecks, and there's this dance sequence with, like, a French music, which is a very Wes Anderson thing to do. Everyone's, like, very bright and colorful. Wes Anderson loves color. So I got this very vibe where it's, like, Wes Anderson giving us an X-Men show, which is more than I could ever ask for. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, when that happened, I was like, oh, man, I almost just want to keep watching this show because I was just like, they're just going to do, like, really weird, but, like, really, in- like... All of the weird stuff in the show, there's a lot of weird things in it. But at no point, like, even though that is, like, way out there, I was like, it doesn't feel like they're just trying to be, like... Right. Let's just be as weird as possible. Let's... Because, you know, there's there's shows that try to emulate, like you said, Twin Peaks. And a lot of times those shows are just like, here's something super crazy, and you're like, it, it doesn't work. Like, the reason Twin Peaks works is, like you said, is all of the weird shit eventually kind of makes sense. Maybe not 100%. But it's all leading somewhere, and sometimes shows are just like, here's a bunch of weird shit. And it felt like this show was like, here's weird stuff, but there's something hidden in all of the weird stuff. You're just going to have to find out about it maybe, you know, 10, 15 episodes in. A lot of this stuff will make sense when you start realizing who the characters are or whatever. So I thought overall it was actually a really well-done show. Yeah, um, the one thing I wanted to bring up was that ending was a little jarring. Yeah, that, I was this. just yeah. about to talk about that also. Yeah, like it just like the tone just all of a sudden just shifted dramatically, and the 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 uh, the, the the combat wasn't the best, but that I think had a lot to do with the fact that it's a pilot episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, that scene was like the real the only real punt to me in the the show it was like the action was weird, and just like the way it was like blocked was not as good as like everything else in the show, which. Had it not the rest of the show not looked so good, I probably wouldn't even have said anything. You know what I mean? Yeah, but yeah. It was just kind of jarring when you come from everything else that was so perfectly set out. But I anticipate now that this show is seeming to get some legs going forward, that um, 
future episodes with, with action in it will be a little more uh, finely tuned than that. Because um, it wasn't like a nightmare. Like, it wasn't like bad. No, yeah. And it was amusing to see someone just fucking... Although it wasn't clear anyone else's powers, because in that fight sequence, that one guy is throwing, like, tanks around and stuff or whatever. Like, yeah. objects and rocks. He's throwing rocks, people, and... For some reason, nobody can hit anything. Like these people yeah. are just standing up on the, like a, a staircase, and like a dude fires a machine gun at them, and only once does anybody hit anybody. And I was like, "Is is somebody making them miss?" Or right, and I was kind of like wondering, I was like, "Is he using telekinesis to block the bullets?" Yeah, because Ptolemy and Carrie, which are the two characters that were stalking him uh, outside, like in the university like campus, mm-hmm. and then who are very noticeable. Turned out, yeah, it turned out to be good, quote-unquote, good guys. Um, their powers aren't clear. Someone ignites everyone in that pool sequence. Yeah. I don't know who that was. I was just like, I thought it, I thought it was the woman, and I was like, are they going to introduce some, like, weird, badass jubilee? Like, yeah. Who, like, burns people alive with electricity? Yeah. And I'm like, I'd be fine with that. I want I want acid flash <laughs> jubilee. Give me that. <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, she doesn't do anything in that fight sequence, and neither does uh, Ptolemy. Uh, uh, he just has, like, a Tommy gun and shoots some guys, which is great. Yeah, he's just, like, running around. And there was, like, another thing. I was like, why does he look like he's in, like, the French Resistance from World War II? <laughs> like, it looked like he had, like, an old Sten, uh, like, a, a, or SMG, and I was like, what is happening? What year is this movie supposed to be happening in? Still Not good. Movie, TV show. And with that, I think we've reached an end of uh, a particularly longer Pilot Project episode. Um, once again, I'm excited to do two of these in a row in which I want to watch more of the show. Yeah, I am. Um, in fact, I when you told me that episodes yeah. two or three are on Hulu, I'm like, wait, why are we down here recording this? Right yeah, now? let's cut this dumb episode. <laughs> I mean, who's going to listen to this anyway? Let's go fucking watch. Now, here's my question. Region. Have yeah. you watched any more of The Flash? Um, No. I don't think I'm going to, because I'm afraid just by watching it, I'm only going to make Chris like me less. So I'm just going to... I'm disappearing. I'll never see the rest of that show. Understood. <laughs> it's... I mean, it's campy. That's what's fun sure, about it. yeah. Um, he fights that shark guy at some point, which is just fucking, great. Yeah, he fights... Gorilla Grodd's better. Yeah. Um, oh, that is that is where you got really offended. That yeah. was... Yeah, you guys called Gorilla Grodd a B-class villain. Actually, now, once um, again, I did not. I love a good gorilla in a suit. I can't he's not even... in a suit. He's, oh, he's not? He's he's a hyper-intelligent gorilla from a gorilla civilization that secretly lives in... And a super futuristic gorilla civilization that lives secretly in Africa. Yeah, you yeah. fucking idiot. I thought but he wore a suit for some reason. In, in the TV show, they're saying that he was just a normal gorilla that was mutated by the uh, particle accelerator explosion. Lame. Um... But yeah, that, I think that covers it for our Legion episode. Uh, if you haven't picked it up yet, we recommend it. Um, as we said earlier, there's a bunch of places to go see it, so please do. Uh, next week, there'll be a mini-episode announcing our next film, which we're already going to get started on recording. Uh, it's going to be pretty exciting, and we'll give it away. Yeah, he will. He's going to give it away right now. Uh, okay, it, it's Monkey Bone. It's Monkey oh, Bone. I was just going to end the <laughs> podcast there. <laughs> no, it's Monkey Bone. Fuck you! Wow, well, I guess tune into that mini-episode next week for no new fucking information. We have a guest on it. It's going to be good. Shut up. Yeah, it's the first mini-episode with a guest. This was the first uh, pilot project with a guest, so... Guests are cool. I don't know. Guests are just pouring out of the woodwork. 
Yeah. So there you go, guys. We'll see you next week with a mini episode that'll tell you about a movie that may or may not be Monkey Bone. <laughs> Gorilla Groot is the worst villain.